Hi everyone and welcome to Tuesday Tips for Parents of Teens here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. My name is Angela Karanja. I'm an adolescent psychologist and a parenting teenagers expert and the founder of Raising Remarkable Teenagers. But today it's not about me. In fact, it's always never about me, but about the information that we share, the quality and the kind of information we share. And that's why today we are bringing you Juliette. Juliette is a parenting guy. <laughs> yeah. Juliette, Juliette, listen to me, uh, butchering the, the, the name, right? Juliette is a parenting coach. She's a parenting practitioner and she helps people develop an awareness of where they are at and help you to positively move to where you would like to be. So, and that awareness is very, very important. And Julia tells me she feels privileged, absolutely privileged to be able to work with parents who want the best outcomes for their children. And part of her legacy is um, leaving the world a better place than when she came here. So Julia, I, am feel, I feel so extremely honored to be to be to be chatting with you to be hosting you on this show where we we help parents raise remarkable teenagers right <laughs> it says it in the name but really we help parents raise highly effective young people without losing their minds so welcome Juliet to the show thank you so much yay <laughs> oh my goodness I am so so excited to be here we've followed each other for a while on LinkedIn and I think I knew in my heart when I started to read uh, your post and engage in what you're about I knew that we would um, there was definitely a connection and I knew that we would collaborate even beyond this um, this LinkedIn live because of what you represent because we are in synergy you're talking about the same things and it just seems that these there isn't that presence on social media you know there, there is a presence of growing and developing in all other areas of business. Whereas I think the most important area for us in terms of development is for our young ones, you know? So as I am a mom, of course, I've experienced what it's like parenting um, two wonderful people <laughs> and, and the challenges and what I have to learn, what I have to develop myself in order to be most effective I like the word that you used, uh, Angela, most effective. Um, and coming into this show today, I want us to think about ourselves as leaders. Mm -hmm. I want us to think about ourselves parenting as leaders. So I want people that are engaged to think about the leaders that they aspire to. Who is the leader you aspire to? What characteristics do they have? Why do you aspire to them? What have they done? What have they shown you? And then I want people to think of themselves in their role as a parent and really emulate that in their own way um, to their children. So I'm really, really grateful to be here. Um, I've done parenting for a long time, yay, 20 years as a parent. Uh, and professionally, if you can call it that, uh, wearing the hat um, as a professional, I think it was, it actually stems from about 2008. Um, when I started really doing kind of specific parenting work in, in the statutory sector, which is very, very difficult. 
I started to work with young people in the youth offending service. And I remember responding to an advert. Those were the days when you could read the Guardian newspaper and you know look at an advert and apply for it and obviously go for the interview and get it. Yeah. <laughs> These days it's all about social media. So it really started from an advert in 2003. There was an advert about, would you like to help make a difference in young people's lives? And I said, yes, I want to. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the, the kind of specialist knowledge in terms of really engaging, looking at the behavior and the psychology, but I knew that I wanted to. So it, my journey started from there as a, they called them acceptable behavior worker in the youth offending team. Mm -hmm. And then after working with the young people, I realized that, you know what? I think this starts from the parents. Mm -hmm. The next job I applied for was in a local authority, very big. Um, with the youngest uh, population of adults, of young people in Lansan, I got a job as a parenting coordinator. And that's when I started to learn about parenting, about different people's needs and, and about me. So it really helped me to grow um, myself, but also in a way, I think that when you're growing, you're able to be really open and curious, you know, and take as much information in uh, so that you're most helpful rather than when you're an expert, so to speak, you know? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I love what you said and your willingness, you know, your willingness to say yes. And also your willingness to learn. And it wasn't, um, and, and what I hear from you actually, before we, we start asking the questions, I know most, most people that you guys that are here that follow us on all our platforms you're probably thinking oh the first question we should be asking is what's your view on intentional being an intentional parent but I want to talk about a little bit about what Juliet has presented that willingness willingness to to be open willingness to learn and and that as a leader is very very crucial because I often say that leaders are learners. Leaders are learners. With the minute you stop learning, that's when your leadership goes, begins to go down. And most of us as parents have actually never, never opened our minds up to learning because what we are doing is parenting by default. We got these kids and we just went on. And how we parent most of the time is how we were parented, right? That's so cool. how we were parented, we bring it on to this, this, this generation. And then sometimes we wonder, what's, what's wrong with me? Why are things not working? It's because we have not opened ourselves to the new possibilities, to the new generation, to know how do I parent in today's world? Not the way I was parented because that is redundant. So uh, Juliet, I wanna ask you one of our first questions that we ask is, what's your view on being an intentional parent? What is your view on, on parenting? And, and often what I say is, there's not a right or wrong answer. There is just variations. Of, of intentionality and I like to hear these different variations because every time you say something every time a guest says something my mind expands I'm like oh wow so mm -hmm. what is your view on intentionality or intentional parenting yeah I think I think for me it's really about being active in a process it's about uh, taking responsibility when you set an intention 
you have engaged with something, you've engaged with an outcome. So for example, I might set an intentionality that I want to be really grounded and calm. You know, I say it to myself, I repeat it to myself, I am really active and I work really hard, whether it's subconsciously or consciously to make that happen. So for me, it's, being, it's about being active, it's about being present, it's about um, setting the intention, you know, really being very, very clear about what it is that you'd like to see. That's what I see. That's what I view it as in very, in sort of uh, layman's words, very simple. It's a clarity um, of what you want to see, you know, setting the intention, and then kind of really activating that in your mind, sitting with it and being present, you know? So you talked about, earlier you talked about uh, the parenting of yesteryear, and you're absolutely right. We will repeat, um, what we've seen, you know, that, uh, that, you know, from our parents, so we copy them. Suddenly you look like your mom, <laughs> you're talking like your mom, you're talking like your dad, yeah? And, and that really happens. It but does. when you're open and when you're curious, you know, um, and when you have the awareness, and uh, I am privileged that, of course, I've had the, the training and I've had the desire to be different, to do something else. So I have been on that journey of, awareness and really looking at my words and my intention um, and doing some kind of studies that, that support that as well. So uh, that's what I'm saying about the intentional parenting. So the, the clarity, what would you like for your children, the present, setting an intention, being very, very clear and purposeful about what you'd like to do. Not so, so kind of being reactive um, and sort of going with the flow but it, 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 it's a really different thing. It's kind of really being present, um, almost like, yeah, mindfulness in a way, I would say. Wow, I like, I like what you're saying. You know, I'm just listening. And what's coming to my mind is a, is a quote we like to use here parenting by design, not by mm -hmm. default, mm -hmm. right? So you're actively involved in this process, in this plan. You have a growth plan, you know, and, and you're actively involved in it. So it, you just don't plan and then you abandon it. That is going to happen because I believe because we are human beings and the people we are bringing up, our kids are human beings as well. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be ebb and flow. So we need to be able to, we can't stand still and, and say, oh, this is what I decided. It's just going to happen. It's, it doesn't work like that. So, and, and this actually brings us, so brings us to our, our next question about beliefs mm -hmm. surrounding parenting. And you, you, I believe you're very well positioned to talk about this because after working with parents, you and I know that uh, there are beliefs that hold us hostage, right? You know, things that we think are okay, and yet they're actually not okay, and they are not working for us, and they are working against us. Can you share with us a couple of, of belief systems? For example, one of, one of the belief systems that I have come across so many times and, and that's in, in all cultures, to be honest. It's something like parenting classes are for bad parents. And, and I'm like, actually not. 
if you are a leader, you ought to be learning. So how is it that learning is for the bad person? It's for someone who wants growth. So that's a mindset I, I have had to help, especially our community change. I call them leaders. All the, the whole of this community, I call us leaders. We are leaders, but we're not just leaders by position because we got kids, but leaders by design. And when we think of ourselves like that, then that believing that parenting classes or par parenting coaching is for bad parents, that completely dissipates because you're thinking as a leader, I ought to be learning and I, I ought to be changing. And you can't change if you're not learning new things, right? So share with us some beliefs that you have come across. I'm sure you've got yes, so I've, I've come across so many. And thank you so much for raising that point. Um, and you've actually really highlighted my journey. So the journey when I started parenting in a kind of professional on a helping capacity was obviously in a statutory sector, so the youth offending team. So often the people that came to me were those that maybe came with certain beliefs, you know, that uh, I am being judged that I'm a bad parent or my son has, you know, my son, my daughter, my nephew has, um, is, in, is in the kind of youth justice system. Mm. So that in, its safe, in itself came with some beliefs um, and we really had to work hard to slice, you know, not to slice, um, but to really be human. But I come from it from a place that, do you love your child? Do you really love your child? You know, then do you want to do the best? And if you don't know what the best is, do you want to learn about how to be the best? So you kind of slice it up like that, but you're absolutely right. There's, a, there's a, an objection to parenting. People do feel, strongly feel that it's for parents who are not doing a good job, right? Um, and, that, and then I don't know if it's parents or maybe society as a whole. I don't know where that comes from. Um, but the way I sort of addressed that was welcome people. Welcome because you're here because you love your child. Because you're here because you're not happy with the situation and you're here because you want something better for your child. Maybe something even better than you had. You want to, your child to have different aspirations. You want to have your child to have a success that you never had. So welcome and thank you so much for coming here because Asking for help is a strength. Asking for help is a strength. Um, another one, people feel that when you're coming for parenting programs, either one-to-one -one or group work, people feel that, um, I don't want people knowing about my business. I don't want people knowing about our business. But ultimately, as a coach, as a parent trainer, we are interested in the current system. You know, look at the current situation give you the awareness and the understanding. So how did, I mean, I worked with people and then the mom said, I'm not allowed to swear, am I? <laughs> Sometimes someone was, and you're like, modeling. Okay. And that is the most important and most significant thing. So it's being really aware, um, meeting people where they're at, we are at different stages of development. So we've got to really have that understanding um, of where people are at, but ultimately, I think every parent would like to make a change um, or make a difference if something's not happening. So you ask, so, so what do you want to see them do? What do you want to see John 
Sarah, Mustafa, Abigail, what do you want to see them do? And if you tap, if you kind of get them at the angle, a kind of positive, what they want, not what they've done, they will always engage with you, I find. So there's some of that, and then there's some kind of, you know, um, beliefs about what parenting is like, you know, uh, and I think in this society many, many years ago, we know about children, you know, being seen but not heard. So you might have some groups and communities that are coming with that mindset, you know, and saying, but it didn't hurt me, you know, it didn't look what, what, what came to me, you know, it didn't hurt me. So it's, it's kind of really understanding that cultural perspective and really turning it and saying that we are, well, we're in a different country. The positive psychology suggests this. What would you like for your child? So there's something about the beliefs that we all have about how we grew up that it did not hurt us. Mm -hmm. There is something about people's own beliefs about you know parenting and what will people think about me. Um, and there is something about a misunderstanding that parenting is really about growth, you know, growth, understanding, awareness, child's development, and really having the positive outcomes for your child. So I think that a lot of work needs still needs to happen about that. And it's a really safe space. You know, how many times do you get to speak to somebody about your struggles? You know? And uh, yeah, your parenting struggles, which are going to be enormous. So again, your child's changing every day. Are these social media, different mindsets, different culture. There is a pressure, the peer pressure. So ultimately, when parents kind of accept and are in a room, I find that they're really, really comfortable. Um, with kind of being there and being really reflective because there is no judgment really. Uh, it's about what do you want? You know, what is the best that you want for your child and how can we help you? Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, but I do, I do see that. And I, and I do meet different, you know, parents. Some, some of them have a very, very high expectations of their children. You know, some, some people from certain uh, cultures and everything have really, really high expectations. And that can be really quite damaging um, to the children. So it's really having a conversation about the emotional world, about the mm -hmm. person's unique characteristics, about their capabilities, you know, um, mm -hmm. and getting the parent to the level where they feel that this is where my child's at. Is my child going to play concerto, the viola at this age, at this, is that a, a realistic expectation? So we are looking at very, very different things, you know, uh, when we look at parenting as well. So I hope that has answered some of your questions. But yes, uh, absolutely, you, you, you've touched on a lot of beliefs there. You've touched on, on the background, our culture. You've touched on, on, on the judgment, the society judgment. And you've touched on, on shifting that to actually thinking. The more, like, like Maya Angela said, the more we know, the more we do better, right? And uh, if we don't learn, if we don't learn these new ways of doing things, we're going to continue having conflict with our kids. And when there's, where, where there's conflict, there's never connection. And those are some of the things I say, would you, you know, you hear, you hear parents saying, oh, I'm not here to be your friend. And then I, I, I say, okay, first of all, where, where, where did that come from, you know? I'm not here to be your friend, I'm here to be your parent. 
all right, but where, how is that working for you? And I also want to ask them, which I do as we as we get into the conversation, because like you said, you need to understand where people are. You just don't go and jump at, at someone and, and correct them. In fact, wisdom, wisdom is like, I never tell people anything unless they ask, right? Because I have learned that wisdom is knowing when to talk and when not to talk. And also, Wisdom is not throwing your pearls to pigs, right? Because, I like that. <laughs> you know, honestly, and I'm suggesting that anyone is a pig, but imagine throwing your pearls to pigs. What are they going to do with it? They're not ready for it. They're no, not ready for it. They trample on it with their dirt and muck and everything. But then there are people who are ready for it. And that's why we learn. To, to, to keep quiet when, when, when you're, I think, I think even in Proverbs, it says that, that knowing when to give advice and when not to, because you give a full advice and, and they accuse you of, of all sorts, right? But you give someone or a wise person the advice and they run with it and you can see that transformation because when you try to force any anything on anyone who's not ready, it, it just falls on deaf ears. What's the, what's the point? You, you've wasted their time, you've wasted your time, and you, and you both leave there frustrated, you know? Yeah. So I, I like the way you said about getting people ready, right? Getting people ready. And if they're not ready, it's okay. Let them stay there. Of course, you continue to encourage people to come in, you know? to come in, you, you continue to encourage people to come in, to come out like, like the sun. I like to compare, for example, you're a coach, I'm a coach, and also as parents, as leaders, I like to compare us with effective leaders, effective mentors, effective coaches are like the sun. Absolutely. And what does the sun do? It shows up and shines. Now, whether these people want to come out and enjoy, that's their choice. And the sun is not going not to come out tomorrow because, oh, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to hide where I am because Juliet, yesterday I came out and she never went out. She never enjoyed it. She just sat in the house and I'm not going to come out today. That's not what the sun does. It shows up and shines. And that is something I have learned about, about parenting, about being a leader in my, in my position. Because sometimes, sometimes even as parents, we do work and the kids don't even appreciate. They don't even care. They don't even notice. Right? So we need to ask ourselves, one of the beliefs, again, I like to work with is, are you doing it for the kid or are you doing it because of the person you are? Because if you're doing it so that the kid, you can get uh, acknowledgement or appreciation for the kid, you're going to get disappointed a lot of times. And by the way, as I speak like this, I must tell you that I'm not perfect. There are some times 
I have I have ostracized my own daughter and said, oh, you didn't even appreciate this. I did this, I did this. And I catch myself saying, come on, Angie, come on. Yeah. Who, what are you being like, you know? It's like I'm seeking for payment. It's like I'm seeking for appreciation. And that's a belief I have had to, to that's something I'm working on. And I have to remind myself, my job is to show up and shine show up and shine and believe me if you continuously show up and shine one of the things you're not going to get frustrated because you know who you are you are the sun so you're not going to get frustrated and on top of that what happens as you consistently show up and shine is that you guys all know that every living being gravitates towards the direction of the light so your your warmth is the sun your light is going to draw your kids to you. But when we drop down and we go to that level of, oh, I did this, you didn't do this, you didn't appreciate and all that, then you're no longer the sun. So they don't even want to gravitate towards you, right? <laughs> so it's, it's we are all learning and I don't think anyone is perfect here. So don't sit there thinking, oh, we are being judged, we are being shamed, we are being blamed. No, that's not. That's not what this forum is. This forum is for us to bring us to a different awareness. And when we get to that awareness, we become better. We become better as people and then as parents, right? So I want, I want to ask so you- If I can just kind of grab, that was so interesting when you were talking about the sun, it reminded mm -hmm. me of, of the solar system. Mm -hmm. And my daughter had a project just, um, Four weeks ago on the kind of solar system and she had to do a project like a 3d you know like a 3d mm -hmm. representation mm -hmm. um which was a fun thing by the way it's something that i did with her i asked her to do the research um asked about the colors asked her what how what would you like would you like balloons so i was offering options and really engaging but ultimately she made the decisions mm -hmm. and then i was definitely here to guide her so what do you say about the sun also when people see you as a sun they kind of you know keep around you of gravitating you are the constant as one of my mentors told me juliet you do your thing lead and they will follow you this was in the context of when i was uh, you know a manager and, and supervising um um different members of staff you know people have different personality traits and some of them are just authority averse they do not want any manager <laughs> and when a new manager comes in of course they're like hey so my manager then told me just do what you do and you know they'll follow you and that's exactly what kind of exactly what what happened with that um so i wanted to pick up on on, on, on that thing about the universe it reminded me of the project and how we can stay engaged and even intentional intentional with your child there's a project okay go and do it away in your room or do you stay really engaged asking about the project, asking about, you know, the sun, the moon, what more do they know? How are they going to represent? How do you think I can help you? Instead of, I, there was one time I used to do a whole, during COVID, yes, I did my daughter's homework. Yeah, it was a lot, <laughs> okay? Uh, it was a lot, so yes, I'm one of those parents that did that. Um, but now she's at the stage, how can I help you? You've got, we are developing our children's independent thinking. Mm -hmm. So crucial and so critical, I think, in terms of raising them as effective leaders of themselves um, for the future. So that's just something that that uh, kind of comes up because I grew up in a 
in a, in a culture where education was valued as it is here. I went to, into a boarding school in an African country and it was all about um, academics, you know, uh, paid your school fees, you can go, which was great because it was one of the thought, best thought of education system. So I went and did my best. So I do value education in that sense that I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm developing. But I also do value other things I know about life, about being curious, about learning, about self-development, about inquiry, about different cultures, about who am I as a person. So, and I think those are the kind of things that I'm, I'm sort of trying to instill. But I don't know. What was I talking about education? <laughs> no, I'm say, uh, you, you were saying it's, it's very valuable, but it's not the only thing. And, it's, and, it, and I agree with you because, I mean, we obviously, for example, our certificates, our degrees, our postgraduates, all those things, they are nice for especially some of the, some of the jobs that we hold. Because again, you, you don't, you want your, you want the person that you're, you're speaking with as a professional to be credible. You don't want someone who just, throwing old white stills to you. They have no basis of, of what they're talking about. And I think, I, I think these days, you guys, you parents are becoming very savvy, right? They're very, you, 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 they're becoming clever. And, and, and I like that because I like it when people question. And that's why a lot of work that we do, when I, when I talk to you about modeling, I am coming from, yes, this is what modeling is, and this is the research back of it, right? This is what it shows. And, and when I say to you about effective communication, yes, why should you think when you're communicating with your kid, you're thinking, in this situation, I want to be more kind than right. So you're not in competition with your kid. You know, you're thinking, how can I be kind? Not how can I win this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking, how can I be kind? And why? Not only is it a natural, a good thing to do, and it's going to help with your connection, but there's a lot of research with parents and, and even relationships about being kind and being right. Anytime you go in a position where you're, you're competing and you're wanting to be right, it doesn't end up, it doesn't enhance the relationship. And I don't think that's what we want with our kids. No, and I, you're absolutely right because there comes a time, especially when you've been in situations where there is breakdown in family, the, 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 the single most important reason for breakdown, you know, and that could be child not speaking to you, developing, you know, low self-esteem, mental health, anything can happen is communication, mm -hmm. breakdown in communication. And the second thing is that the most important, uh, most powerful uh, tool for your child to cooperate actually is through communication and enhancing those developments. There will come a time developmentally when they're testing us, of course, you know, mm -hmm. they are finding out their views. You say this, okay, I'll say that, or this, or that, or that. But you still want to get to a point where there's a cooperation, where you as a parent, you know, you as the authority, not a dictatorship, but a kind of authority in the sense that um, these are my boundaries. I am not forcing them on you. These are safe and loving boundaries. 
uh, you want to get to a point where your children really understand that, that they're safe boundaries mm. and when you tell them to go out and come back at if they're teenagers like us and have a party come back <laughs> at 10 they, they will come back they'll cooperate you know absolutely really cooperate with you so it's so important cooperation communication understanding uh those those are the fundamentals and in terms of uh family breakdown that's the first thing that goes the first when you're talking about education some people have the beliefs that yeah the child goes i was talking about myself in uh, of course i was i was in boarding school and that's what I was grew up with, you know, I was very independent, did a lot of self-study, by the way, that was self-study, because in boarding school, you're going to go for a lecture, you're going to write notes, and ultimately, you're going to use song on self-study, exams mm. are going to come, and then you're going to write them, so I didn't really have the support of my family members supporting me, but I had the support of my friends, I had a friend who was very good at maths, she was very good, I said, hey, Josephine, please help me with this, I was good at other things, you know, let, let's talk about it. But there's some who have the, the, the belief that yes, let the child do the homework and they don't get engaged. When I see that that is a real opportunity to model uh, the curiosity, to model the self-development, to enhance your relationships. So the project that I mentioned with my daughter, yes, it was about her project, but ultimately we were communicating, getting our views, it enhances our relationship. So if you're not doing any homework <laughs> or sitting by and being curious, Please do so. It's a really good opportunity to, to you also to, to cheer your son and your, or your daughter. Wow, you're doing that? That's amazing. Mm -hmm. you didn't do it. And what color are you good? That is such a good idea. Giving praise and using every opportunity. You can't really maximize your self-esteem. Um, I think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's maybe something that we don't maybe focus on particularly, you know, um, because sometimes we're very busy. Have you done your homework? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whereas there's real opportunity for connection, for praise and raising their self-esteem. Oh, wow. This is so amazing because actually you said that we have, we have a program we call the three C's and uh, of raising effective kids and 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 it's about the first thing we talk about is connection and then we talk about communication and then we also talk about celebration mm. because unless you're connected with someone mm. you can talk all you like you can speak you, you can even think you're the best motivational person but it just falls on dead you know it, it, it's like a block now. So it has to start from connection. And what does, and connection, especially from us parents, requires a lot of humility. It requires a lot of leaning in and listening. Sometimes being able to, to you know, to, to, when kids say something, you know, you, 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 you holding it in so you don't say something that's going to cut out the conversation you know? a picture of you yes <laughs> <laughs> you hold it in yeah like yeah you breathe in and out right and then in that same process it also requires us to celebrate and you talked about praising because one one of the laws of life is praise it's it's like the law of increase mm -hmm. if you if you want 
someone to do better, to be more. To... Praise is so important. And, and many people have, have got it. Sometimes we've got it all wrong. When you say praise and people just, oh, good girl, or whatever this one. It's, it's not that because at some point, your kid, as chilly as they grow older, they'll be like, why you just say good girl? It needs to be very specific. It needs to be factual as well. Something that they can't argue because if they're arguing about what you're saying in their head, that means it's not effective. And also it needs to be to be something that, that they know is genuine. You know, I, I can't look at my daughter and say to her, oh, I don't know, something that's not factual. You know, I, I can't look at her with, with her hair, for example, if I want to praise her, because I praise her for, for, for nothing, actually. I praise her as the person, just because she's a person. And sometimes I'll say to her, how are you doing gorgeous, right? And, and that praise, it's not I'm saying you are gorgeous. I say how I address her, how I, I speak to her. And for example, I'll say to her, I know you're capable of doing this because last time when you did this, this happened, right? So it, that way is not, I'm not telling her, good girl, you've done this. That's not, and you guys know, you, you know your kid more than any person. And it's very important for us to incorporate those praise. Like, like Juliet said, let's be people who compliment Let's let's not be mean with our with our compliment with our kindness. That's what our kids need, right? Yeah, lots lot, lots of it, and I think you've. Uh, I don't know if this is true, and I don't know if there's anyone um, in your community from uh, from this in your community from this audience. I remember speaking to a a fantastic um, parent facilitator um, mm -hmm. from this kind of Somali background. Absolutely fantastic. She she's very practical, very pragmatic. She knows it. But mm -hmm. one time in our own reflection, I said, she said, Julia, do you know what? I don't even know if we have a, a word for praise in my culture. And I was like, what what? Yeah, we don't know. We don't have a word for praise. So it really made me think about me as well, you know, where I grew from and what my parents would say. So They'd acknowledge my good deeds, of course, you know, and I knew, I, I really knew that my parents loved me. Um, I think I worked hard. I'm not sure if I worked hard for, for their praise or whether it was instilled in me that you've got to, you know, work harder at school or be, behave in a certain way. I just did. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my good girl. Yes, my good girl. <laughs> but I think specific praise is so important and our children need to hear that. So you reinforce the good thing that you're doing so they can self-discipline, you know. Mm -hmm. so, they, so when we leave, when I'm when you know, suddenly I may if I have to do something or go to the hospital and my daughter has to stay here or stay somewhere with someone, they can self-discipline. And I know that mom, this is a good thing about me. So this is what I need to do when my parents, you know, are not here. When, when you know, my daughter is going to go to year six and in two years she'll be in secondary school i don't know what my working life balance will be like i want it to be slightly different um but there'll be an element of our own independence and my own independence but i would like her to know 
in our head that what what would be right what is right to keep me safe so i'd like her to know that come home at a certain time have these boundaries have the safe you know removing my shoes you know bathing you know hygiene you know all that is <laughs> is something that that is that, that's important for us so um there's there's actually a lot in parenting you know um so let's be kind to ourselves let's be compassionate mm-hmm. um they are very very different views very very different cultures i keep because i also come from a point of view because some people really struggle some people really struggle with but this is how it was done you know some people really have that authority they've never they haven't really grown in maturity or haven't really questioned and there are a lot of people like that who are saying this is what it was like and they get caught into that you know but i'd like to people to think that that you know what that was a thought 50 years ago 40 years ago someone thought you know this was a pretty cool parenting you know thing so mm-hmm. let's kind of do it and they all do it but i'd like people to be present and really think about it comes back to what intention think about their situation their child their vulnerabilities you mm-hmm. know we're all very different you know different trauma has affected us what are you carrying into your you know in, into into your parenting Mm-hmm. really think about those thoughts be present what will be good what will be this is how coaching comes into it so mm-hmm. we are not just parenting educators and saying this this that we are using coaching practice you know to 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 support the people that we work with to think about the thinking patterns to think about why we are here in this place what has brought you here what could you change what new ideas what different behaviors so this is what can i like about about it when i initially trained as a parenting um, practitioner supervisor coordinator because i also supervise groups it was more that so and so said this let's do this you know and that's okay because those are the, you know they've done all the work right you mm. know they have the degrees the psychology they've spent they've written, of course they've done all the work but when you come to sit with somebody you just need to get to a place where they have an understanding about why they're here their thought mm-hmm. process and then to develop have an awareness about how they're going to get to a certain place it might be changing their thinking it might be changing the way they behave you know they they do things showing compassion having a reframing their idea instead of saying oh my child is so argumentative well my child is really brilliant at putting their, their view forward i really like that about that reframing 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 those refra- reframing instead of labeling you know reframing those is is so so important and i like the example you've given straight away because we have a t- people have a tendency in fact that's including teachers including the society in fact today I was speaking to a journalist actually I'm not going to disclose all of them because Yeah don't worry yeah, just yes just, just bring them to me I'm happy to talk to them <laughs> <laughs> That's okay so what I said what, what I said was um I like to empower you know they were asking about rules about how do you do with rules and i said our young people need to be empowered to question some of these rules because some of these rules have no basis right for, for for example one of the things i say and 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 i just can't get around to it 
is why does a kid have to ask for permission to go to the toilet? You know, I, I just can't go. I had that conversation with the head of school and at the end of it, they were in tears because what they discovered was they were actually infringing on our young people's rights. And, and that's not, I, I didn't go there and tell her, oh, you're infringing on them. No, that's not how I work. What I do is explain to me, explain to me why the kid has to say, can I go to the toilet? Why should our kids be having to ask permission to perform bodily functions? What about, and I'm not saying you let kids run havoc. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I said is, what if we empowered our kids to ask empowering questions themselves? Because we've empowered them. So the kid is, is saying, Miss, I would like to go to the toilet. So they're telling you what they're about to do. So that's respectful. That's respectful because they're letting you know, I'm not just jumping out to go and, 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 and drool somewhere. I'm going. And within me, I have made a decision. This is me. I am in charge of what's happening. But when we, you know, when, when we, anyway, let me not, let me not divert too much. So I was talking about the rules and, and I said, I said about, and, and one of the things I said, unfortunately, those of us who do that risk our kids being called argumentative. And then I said, what if as a society, as teachers, as parents, we turn that around and said, like exactly what you said, this kid needs to be empowered to put their views forward because here's the advantage. This is the big picture. As we empower our kids to express themselves, as we empower them to be able to, to speak to us, and of course we are showing them in your expressing, be kind, be compassionate, be, be nice, you know, don't be rude, right? As we do that, we are teaching them to have these great interpersonal relationships. And what, what I said was, a lot of, the, the reason a lot of our kids are, are being are, are abused without, and we don't know, yeah? Because I meet so many of those kids is because we taught them to comply. We taught them not to say anything. We taught them to be quiet. So when such a situation happens, they are conditioned to being quiet. Wow. And she was like, oh my God, I never thought of it like that. I said, yes. Because every time, for example, in class, what is the first thing that when kids start making noise, what's the first thing the teacher says? Be quiet. You know, it's be quiet. What about if they repressed it and like what you said, right, Juliet over there, do you know the point you're trying to make to everyone? Could you, do you want to share with the whole class for a minute? or do you want to share afterwards so that way our kids feel hard they feel seen they feel listened not just stay keep keep quiet right because they they learn to be oh i'm not my my, my voice doesn't matter and unfortunately as we condition them to my voice doesn't matter my voice doesn't matter my voice doesn't matter 
the, the, the pedophiles out there, the, those perpetrators out there, they know that that's what we do to our kids. So they know that they are safe. When they say to them, you can't tell anyone. Because they know they can't tell anyone because even if they tell us, we probably not believe them. And even if they, and that's if they have the courage even to tell us. Mm. So yeah. this, this, what you're saying is very, very powerful. And, and what I'd like us to talk about, I know we've, we've run over, mm. we're coming. I want to, I don't know if you've got a personal experience that made you actually want to be a parenting coach or to be an intentional parent. Do you have, I mean, not everyone has, but some people actually do. And I like to hear these stories, you know? I like to hear those stories, yeah. So mine probably came after, yeah, because I think really deep in my heart, I am connected to young people. Oh. <laughs> and I think there is a place in my heart. Um, to, to, to serve young people. I think there's a place in my heart generally to serve who I can. Um, and what I'm finding are that my niches, my niches and, that, and that those kind of special groups um, mm -hmm. around the, you know, um, the young people, kind of the parents, mm -hmm. a, a certain group of person who's at a certain point in their life and they just don't know the next step. So, um, I think maybe that, uh, that advert, you know, that advert that I talked to you about, do you want to make a difference in a young person's life? Mm. Maybe it spoke to me then. I was a parent, so maybe it spoke to me then in the sense that, you know what, Juliet, you've got to do something. Mm. I think the advert spoke to me as a parent at that time and me wanting to be in a, in a role that will help with, with parenting these children. I think, that, I, I think that that is how it started because I remember that advert so clearly and I remember the interview so clearly and I knew nothing about offending, nothing, but I just knew that I wanted to be in that role. Of course, I was a young, a young mom at the time, but I knew that I kind of wanted to be in the role to sort of protect. Um, I don't say protect, nurture, nurture and support and help our children thrive. Um, and then of course, you know, when I when I worked with them for a while, I was like, hey, Julie, you know, you need to eat the cookie the other way, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need to go down to the parents. Um, maybe you might have greater impact. Because mm. so when you're working with a child and really looking at their thoughts and their thinking, how much control and influence do they really have at home? Who is helping them think about how to navigate the home life, the school mm. life, everything? So maybe... Go to people who can help them shape that a bit more and really hold them. And that's how I, so I kind of really stumbled. My own experience of being a parent has come like every other parent, ups and downs. Rose is very, very fabulous, you know, but there, there have been some kind of significant moments where I have also felt very helpless. Yeah, you know, there will be a time when you feel helpless. Oh yeah, tell me about those times, you know. And that time is likely to become when your child is a teenager. <laughs> um, so if your parents are teenagers, don't listen, uh, parenting tips for teenagers, because um, you are giving them the space. Mm. At the same time, it's going to come a time where you're giving them the space and they're getting exposed. Mm -hmm. So it's not just you, their little community. It is school and there is something called social media. Absolutely. Wow. It happened. 
when there was something called social media, and I'm including WhatsApp, you know, um, and uh, yeah, things happen. You know, when your children experience bullying and you're not aware of it, and I will tell you that your children may experience that, most likely will experience that because it's very high, mm-hmm. and most likely you're not gonna tell you. Mm. first happens completely so listen to me not from a place of hiding things there's so much because you're in shock when that happens so think about the the flight fright you know situation when it happens to your child as a teenager uh, the next thing is they want to protect you as a, as a parent as well mm-hmm. i don't want to make mom feel bad dad grandmother how i can hold this i can keep with this that might even go on for one year and two years I know. And when you discover, it's going to really make you feel, yeah. There are no words for that. There are no words for that. But when, when, you, when, you, when you do that, so what, essentially, I think we need to be really, really open. And when I do my parenting programs or parenting groups, I say your child needs to feel very, very safe. Mm-hmm. And can come and speak to you irrespective of whether they've stolen an apple. Completely. Hit somebody or done something that you're going to say, what? They need to come to you and feel safe. You will not accept the behavior, but they still need to be safe enough to come to you. And you know, you need to get the environment right. You know? Things happen, there are risky behaviors. Mom is here for you. We'll talk, you know, we'll talk about it. They need to be able to come. So that he kind of hit a low point, you know, when, um, you know, two years um when that happened so it even made me dig and that was actually the start of me looking inwards you know instead of looking outwards we come to the point where as individuals we really start to look inwards in ourselves so that was the point when i started to look inwards that was a point when i said oh i need to understand what young people are all about do you know what i did angela mm-hmm. i got a job in a secondary school as a safe well-being and safeguarding officer how cool was that Wow. Because I wanted to get close to the mindset to understand. Yeah, you go into their world and you get, you know, for me, one of the, as much as I work with parents, I I always want to work with it. I still work with young people because they are the wealth of information, the research, you can't get it anywhere. And, you know, as a person who's, um, who, who is open, and, and actually, young people tell me all sorts of things, actually. In fact, as we speak today, <laughs> interesting, I'm going to share this, although I'm going to share it. I, was planning, I wasn't planning to share it until I share it. Mm. But about two years ago, I wrote, I wrote a manuscript mm. on trafficking, on child trafficking. Oh, I'm glad you say that because there's something I wanted to talk to you about after this. We can connect it to that. Yeah. Absolutely. And what happened was because of working with these young people and hearing their stories, hearing their stories, hearing, hearing the stories and then reporting, hearing all these stories, I was like, wow. So today when that Mofara story broke out, I was like, I thought I had heard everything. You know, and this just confirms to me, my God, you know, there's so many kids I used to wonder after I've reported what has happened, you know, what, and, and people go, people grow, you know, and, and many 
kids are holding these these stories they've never told anyone or even if they've told you and you've reported something is not done and and i was like oh my god this 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 just this just makes you think oh my god what don't we know and what is troubling and and there's so much mental health problems because a lot of people are struggling with with so much that has happened to them and and again i think today after that after someone posted that i said that's why i made up my mind a long time ago i'm going to be kind to everyone because you don't know you don't know the wounds that people are carrying including our kids and we may not think oh my kid has not been trafficked or something is not but you don't know what name they have been called online you don't know that they they someone someone told them to expose their breath and now they're living with that shame you don't know that they they there's so much that we get to know is i'm sure in your field as well juliet you know that there's so much i look and i'm like oh my god i thought i had heard everything now this i i you know i can't believe but at the same time i have to believe because this is the experience of the kids so i think it's really important for us to to be very close to our kids that connection is so so important because those wounds if we don't help them process that's why a lot of our kids are falling into the doldrums of mental health problems yeah but then of course we can help them even after such things have happened we can help them process to know it was not your fault this person acted or behaved in ways that were not acceptable it was not your fault because like you said earlier juliet was kids don't want to they don't want to disappoint us and when things happen to them they sometimes a lot of time think that it's their fault right so i i want to i know we're going to talk about actually let's talk about this i know we can talk for six hours yeah, i know right <laughs> but you're absolutely right today i walked in i am so privileged that uh there's a, there's a school that is spending um that kind of money to, to really get me you know and year on year for about seven years uh they've been paying me to go in one day a week you know um today's a week actually to kind of support them so today when i went in and someone did you know one of them had said did you hear one more foreigners like what and they told me this story oh, i just could not believe it mm. just could not believe it it really goes back to us as skills people as skilled helpers everyone is talking about trauma trauma informed we really need to revisit that and understand what that is and as parents and as families really be curious as to what children's experience is because for year seven to get on a bus to go for even a 20 minute that can be quite traumatic yeah. it's so much that they're experiencing adults this this, this that school journey i remember when my son was transitioning in secondary school oh my god it really affected me you know how much risk he's going to be exposed to how much growth how much inappropriateness mm. that is right there on his doorstep that he's going and is going to be exposed to so we we have to nurture and take care and love and make our home safe 
Absolutely. Our homes have to be that safe space for them to speak. We, we say that. And just, just before we come to the end of this, Juliet, I actually want to ask you, first of all, where our listeners, our parents can find you, because you've got such, and I know you're a qualified practitioner for neurolinguistic, you know, like yes, NLP, which is absolute. Thank you. Yeah. To- Oh, I was going to say something I was going to regret. No, um, but, uh, <laughs> mindset, you know, like mindset shifting. Absolutely. I want, I want you to, one of the things we like to do here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers is to, to give parents practical information, something that they can actually go and do today and see transformation. Because if it's information you're seeking for, uh, the internet can give you information. But what we like to do here is give you practical information so that you take action on it and get transformation. So when you think in terms of what kind of tips or strategies can you share with parents today so that they get more connected? Because I think we talked a lot about connection today. So what kind of two or three tips can you share with parents today? So I'm going to ask parents to think of something called the traffic lights. Mm -hmm. So I think we've all seen the traffic lights, these red, these green, these orange. Mm -hmm. Um, I think our lives are very fast. Our children's lives are very fast. We get demands all the time. Our children through their phones, us through their phones, we're very, very busy. In terms of being a parent, I'd like you to you're trying to use the traffic traffic light approach system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about um, when is a good time to 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 sort of respond to your child. Think about when your child's in a situation in a different situation. Think that you 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 you're allowed and it's a right that you have to pause and to reflect, mm-hmm. you know, before responding appropriately. And in that time, use the pause to think about a really good response. I posted something about being your best self. So everybody as a parent, we all have wonderful gifts, you know, and then we we dispense them very differently because we are very different people. You know, you might show empathy, me empathy, someone kindness, someone has high energy, someone, you know, but we, it's presented, it comes out in a different way because of our unique characteristics. Mm-hmm. So I want parents to think about what is your best self in the moment mm-hmm. and really think about that and how you're going to respond because there, everything is related. There, there are no coincidences. Everything is related. So when, when your child or when some, something comes in your way, it's almost as though the universe, it's almost as though the child, it's almost as though somebody is asking you, something of yourself, something to give them so they can feel much better about themselves, so you can heal them. So I'm asking parents to think about giving their best selves. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be very, very different. So what I'm asking people to do is not to be responsive, but take a breath. What could be my best self? Sometimes my best self is not right now, dear, or not right now, honey. Let me just come back to you. So you're Mm -hmm. holding that person. So how can you be your best self? in the moment even though their children are going rushing up and down rushing up and down is your best self we're talking about teenagers actually 
is if your teenager walks to the room, is your best self shouting at them or is your best self in that moment keeping quiet? Mm. But is your best self for that person, for the teenager who's come and slammed the door? Is it you shouting at them or is it you saying, let me take a break? Wow, I like I like what you said about, you know, th that's very, that's us asking ourselves. Yeah. Is this my best self? You know, I, I'm going to practice that because, because you're a, we're a gift, Angela. Each time we're a gift to somebody, we don't realize it, but each time someone comes in my room, you know, someone time comes to me, they're coming to me to get something. So are they going to get the worst self or are they going to get the gift that I can give them wow. so they can go on and progress? That is so good. That's a beautiful questions to ask ourselves, you know, yeah. and you, so you guys, so where, where can parents find you, Juliet? Where? And, and, and another thing is that uh, I was speaking because I do a lot of work with little ones and with, with some people, with children who have uh, additional needs, you know, the special needs, um, they're all neurodiverse. So today we were talking about really keeping things very simple, mm -hmm. very, very simple. And just saying, I am not happy, you know? I, mommy, just communicating your feelings. If you're not happy with that, with, with the child, mm -hmm. don't want point fingers. Talk about how it really, that has really made me sad. There's so many things that our children will do that will make us feel sad or make us disappointed. It doesn't mean we don't love them, but we can certainly start communicating. Wow, that, that actually made me feel sad, what you just said, you know, mm -hmm. that you don't care about me. I want to understand more, I want to make it better. So for me, it's connecting. I like your, your, your three C's. I think you talked about community, something, and celebration. What was it? I talked about connection, communication, yeah. and celebration. Yeah. I think yeah. we had to go for the three C's. It's difficult. Traffic light system in terms of your response. You don't need to rush. You know, you're not rushing. Yeah, you're not rushing. Just there are some things you're just going to have to stop at. There are some things you're going to have to think at. And then it's green to go, you know. Green, green, green is a green light, it's safety, do that. But there is of course so much more and it's complex, isn't it? Absolutely, and, and again, that, that's why I'm asking you where parents can find you because when it comes to growth, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen like overnight, yeah? You didn't become a grown person overnight, yeah? It, it took time, it took time. And also because we are changing, the, I like my community knows that it takes about 63 days to change a habit. Mm -hmm. So if you are used to, if you are used to jumping and shouting when the kid bang the door, don't think tomorrow you'll be, you, <laughs> you've been, I mean, there's still so many things. My own daughter corrects me years after, you know, and it's, and it's, you would expect, oh, you should know this by now. It's true. I should know this by now, but we are human beings and sometimes recalibrating some of the habits and the thoughts can take some time. And we also need to be gracious with ourselves and also communicate that, like I, I like what you said about, um, about we are humans, yeah? If, if I'm wrong, I need to be available to say I'm sorry and give me time to change. I'm doing something. And that's being authentic, that's being, that's humility as a leader as well. 
and just just showing your your children that we are imperfectly human you know we have emotions and every emotion is okay we just want to be in a position where um we are doing the best things that serve us so when you're when you're feeling angry what's that about and how can mm -hmm. you best you know kind of ex express yourself sometimes our language is limiting when people are angry you know teach them how to express themselves or maybe read a book so i talk to parents a lot about re reading books because sometimes you can look at yourself just through reading about different emotions mm. so i like to give the example of books as well so um and i think and i think that's where our parents are going going to come and find you so that they can look for you and then you can go deeper because in this just in this one hour we can only talk about exactly. so much. it's been yeah. so nice and all but we know that change i really love the neuroscience and i love the fact that when you get and i got this i'm also a trained teacher so we talked about you know the changes in the brain but when you talk about domestic violence and everything else you actually see how the neurons change you know so when someone gets an idea it's almost like electricity if i give them a good idea they start to think about it it's electricity and that forms so you need the time and the space to be able to work with some people to get a really transformative experience mm. um, and that's really coming through opening their minds sort of being curious kind of wondering asking uh, what they would like wondering about if they did this did that so they can begin to create those experiences and the pictures themselves and of course you can give the strategies that we know about that are evidence-based of course you can do that but ultimately it has to start from that conversation and that openness. I had a, I spoke to a father today who was very, very resistant. Um, it was the grandparents who were engaging, but I, I called, everyone was telling me they're not gonna answer, I'm not gonna answer. I said, they're gonna answer. I called them and they answered. Second time they answered. Today I called him to make an appointment because it's the end of the school holidays. I might not see him. He told me, Juliet, actually I spoke to social services. They said that somebody made an anonymous phone call saying this, this, that, and, and so how do you feel about it? They were very specific about all these things. And how are you going to approach this? In the end, he left thinking, I'm just going to approach this as an opportunity because mm -hmm. I'm struggling. I have things that are difficult. Mm -hmm. So he changed his viewpoint and started to think, oh, it's actually a blessing. These guys are coming. And I'm going to be really open and transparent and say this I'm struggling with. And I was really touched by that. Um, yeah, just, just being open. So even if, you know, statutory services and interventions come in, no one is, they are there ultimately for the child, not to judge. Yeah. And if you're open as a parent and say, actually, I'm struggling, how can you help me? Absolutely. So and, that, and that's one of the things that we need to, to normalize support, normalize asking for help, normalize coaching. In fact, I think a friend of mine posted earlier about, uh, about every great person has a coach, why? Because coaches sometimes can see things that we don't see in ourselves. And I, I have mentors and I have coaches. Even, even someone would think, oh, Angela, you've grown, you've grown, you've grown, yeah? The reason I grow is because I have coaches, I have mentors, because we all need to learn from someone else who has done something that we haven't. So Juliet, please, yeah. please. Tell us, uh, tell our parents where they can find you, your coaching programs, 
talk to us about that briefly? Oh, I am not really. Well, are we on Facebook Live? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask people to find me on LinkedIn if that's okay. Oh, LinkedIn. Uh, no, absolutely. Connect with you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Right? Connect with me on, on LinkedIn. Um, I've got a group coaching, a group coaching program, but it's for, for young people who are abroad, not so much uh, mm -hmm. in this country. Just really come to me. Um, oh. Because I, I know that some coaches have very kind of specific packages, mm -hmm. um, but for me, it's it's really looking at, it's really understanding where you're at and seeing how you want, how you want us to work together. So, oh, brilliant! To those to support you. So yes, please do get in touch if you think I can absolutely help you. Or I know. If you have a question, if you have one, yes, yeah. send me. I saw you on the live. I had you talk about this. Can you explain more? I'm really happy. Ah, absolutely. And what I'll do as well, I'm going to post this underneath your teachings, underneath where people can connect you on LinkedIn. And uh, and obviously those who are listening to us on, on, on podcast and our audio, I'm going to post it on the audio. So I, I really want you. So it's Juliet. It's it's Juliet Bella. How do you say your other name? Bella? Juliet Bella Gambi. <laughs> yeah, Juliet Bella Gambi. And yes. especially on LinkedIn. I know you're very active there. Mostly on LinkedIn. I've, I've started going on the socials and these as, as yeah. I've started to go on um, TikTok and Insta just to kind of play with that a little bit. And because it's, it's a different social platform and you kind of engage with people in a, in a kind of different way, uh, more videos and very kind of short form, mostly on LinkedIn. My name is on Facebook, but I haven't been, um, <laughs> what's the word, visible present yeah. um, for some time now. So um, just kind of reach out and see. In the yeah. first instance, if there's something, if you have any questions about what I said, I'm really happy to answer them. In the second question, whether you think, oh, I really like um, how she sounds, how her vibe, maybe she can help me. Let's kind of talk about that. Um, yeah, but mostly, yeah, do do what you're doing. Be open, stay curious, have a positive outlook mm. about life. Our children need that, and let's be mindful of our own emotional well-being and, and sort of that of our children. Wow, thank you so much, Julia, and the wealth of the information that you provided, and I'm sure people will be reaching out to you. Uh, again, guys, go for Juliette Belagambi, and she's on LinkedIn, and I know she's, she's got amazing information. I'm telling you guys, you know, I don't chat, like, I, I don't I don't hype anything because I don't believe I don't believe in hype. I believe in concrete advice, concrete, concrete information that if you take action on that, you get transformation. So from all of us here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers and on behalf of our lovely guest, Juliette Belagambi, we thank you so much. And until our next session, guys. I want you to actually today I'm gonna I'm gonna ask everyone if you haven't signed up for for some of our to be in our community, please go to raisingremarkableteenagers.com. We've got loads of resources there. At the moment, we are actually working with teachers, teachers and um, and head head of head of high schools, and really it's providing motivation solution for successful schools. So that's what we are working on at the moment. But 
so, so grateful. Reach out to us. If not me, it's okay. Reach out to Juliet. But whatever you do, don't do it alone. Don't, this is not meant to be a lone ranger. You know, we need a village. It takes a village to raise a team. It takes a village to raise a kid. And that, this is what, this is the village we are making myself, Juliet, you, right? Your, your other person that has, a, that has a teenager, people who are willing to grow and gravitate towards, towards the light, towards the sun. And that's who we are here. Thank you so much, everyone. And from all of us here again at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, we want to say bye-bye and see you in our next session. Bye-bye now.